Hello and welcome back. I'm back again with another episode where I'm going to narrate the next part of the Mahabharata story. Just in case you don't want to listen to it and would like to read it, you can visit kalampedia.org and uh, read the story there. So that's what I am doing these days. I am bringing out the shorter version, really, really shorter version of the Mahabharata to you. And I'm sure if you like the story and if you can get get some time, you can read the longer version as well. But that will need a lot of patience on your part. So let's just go ahead with the shorter version first. And uh, here we are with the third episode. So far, we know that uh, we have got two families. One is the Korva families where we have 100 brothers. And uh, on the other side, we have the Pandava family and where we have five brothers. And uh, these two royal families, these boys, when they were growing up so far, that's what we have covered in our this Mahabharata series that uh, the Kauravas, especially the eldest son called Duryodhana, he was getting jealous of the Pandavas. The main important reason there was that the Pandavas were going to get the kingdom because their father was the eldest son and therefore they had the first right to the kingdom. And that's what made Duryodhana jealous. There were other reasons as well. For example, when their training, their education was going on, these Pandavas, these five brothers, they were really, really skillful. They were smart, intelligent, very sharp and even strong. As we know how these five Pandavas were born, they were born when uh, their mother Kunti summoned different gods. So they acquired very important qualities based on the father they had. So the eldest son, for example, his name was Yudhishthira. He was really wise person. Then Arjuna was very skillful, very dexterous. And uh, Bhim was really strong. And the other two, um, Nakul and Sahadev, they were really good in aesthetics. They were really good looking as well. So these five had really interesting qualities and therefore when Duryodhana looked at them combined with the fact that they were going to get the kingdom, he was getting jealous and boy he was really getting jealous. So much that on multiple occasions he tries to kill them. Once he poisons them and somehow miraculously they survive and that's another magical story and a number of times he tries that. One of the famous instances of that uh, is uh, the story of the wax palace. So Duryodhana, along with his maternal uncle, who was uh, some kind of evil counselor for Duryodhana, what they do is uh, they build a magnificent wax palace. It was made of really really combustible materials like jute, oils, fats, etc, etc. And the plan was that 
they'll burn it down and the pandavas would die so they brought these pandavas into this newly built palace and asked them to live there which the pandavas did but what happened was pandavas they also had their contacts in the royal family in the ministers and otherwise uh, so they understood what was going on they knew that this palace was a dangerous place and was going to catch fire any minute and they are going to die so what they did was they built these really deep tunnels which created some sort of exit from the palace to the outside so one day what happened was when when the fire when it catches fire they make use of that exit and escape that and back in the palace the kauravas and especially duryodhana and his maternal uncle shakuni they are quite excited when they get the news they think that the pandavas have died and all the kingdom all the palaces all the wealth now it all belongs to them and uh, the other kauravas for example dhritarashtra father of duryodhana and his 99 brothers his emotions are also they're also quite contradictory on one side he's happy that his own sons are going to get the kingdom now and he's also sad because after all they were his nephews who have died so the author of mahabharata vedavyasa has beautifully described this mental state of dhritarashtra and this is where you really really see the beauty of literary words and and the magic with which the author has described and written these verses so he says just as the water of a deep pool is cool at the bottom and warm on the surface and similarly the heart of dhritarashtra was at once warm with joy and chill with sorrow so there were mixed emotions when he got the news nevertheless life went on and uh, one thing was clear that duryodhana was going to be the king now pandavas on the other hand they they kept traveling they kept traveling through the rural parts although they were in disguise so nobody really recognized them and that's how they got to the ganges river and then they crossed this river and ventured deep into the forest travel to the different parts of himalayas and various other locations mostly mentioned around northern parts of india so the days go by and then the weeks and months and years and then a lot of things happen during this time so i'm quickly going to go to the important events so what happens is uh, in the kingdom of drupad there's a princess called draupadi and she is having her swayamvar those of you who don't know what swayamvar is it was an ancient indian ritual in which a young princess she would choose her groom and there would be a number of potential candidates they would come they would be asked to perform certain certain tasks sometimes sometimes she would ask certain questions sometimes other tasks and whoever she liked she would marry that person and if you read ancient indian stories a lot of times you'd find 
this Soemvar. So that was going on for the princess Draupadi. In this case, there was an interesting challenge presented to the candidates. What they were supposed to do? They were first required to string the bow, the bow which was very heavy, hence the stringing part was difficult. And then with it, they were asked to shoot a steel arrow through the central aperture of a revolving disc at a task, at a target that was placed on the roof. And uh, it required, of course, it required really insane level of skill and of course the strength because as I said the bow was really heavy most of the people they were not able to lift it and many princes had come from different parts of the country even Duryodhana he was there Krishna the God he was there so many important people were present there at the same time the Pandavas the five brothers who were traveling in disguise, in disguise they were also present there but of course Duryodhana couldn't recognize them because, because uh, they were in disguise. So eventually when no one is able to do this task, Arjuna, he completes it. And everybody is shocked of course because there are a lot of prominent people and they see one of these five brothers, these poor men who are like, who don't look like they come from a royal family, who don't seem to have any education or training behind them. How could that person do it? But nevertheless, it was done and uh, hence Draupadi was married to Arjuna. In fact, Draupadi was not only married to Arjuna, she was married to all five brothers because these five brothers... Pandavas, they had vowed that whatever they got, whatever they achieve in life, they would all share equally among themselves. So when they go back to their mother Kunti and they tell her that, you know, we've got something. The first thing that the mother says is, divide it equally among the five of you. And uh, another thing that you know about in ancient Indian epics is that a promise, a vow, was a huge thing, especially for the people of the royal family. So they kept their word and uh, all of them got married to Draupadi. Now, spare a moment for Draupadi. Of course, it was a bit unfair, but that's what the story of Mahabharata is about. You find yourself in difficult situations, you encounter unfair circumstances and then somehow you deal with those circumstances and you see if the whole events through Draupadi's point of view you'll find a really interesting really strong character a strong woman who finds these difficult circumstances and then yet she battles through them in fact there's a there's a book called wonderful book called the palace of illusions written that this is the story of Mahabharata written through the point of view of Draupadi so that's also an interesting book and if you once you get the story once you understand the story of Mahabharata you might want to check that book also so coming back to the Mahabharata now the five Pandavas they are married to Draupadi and then the life goes on and eventually what happens is uh, these Pandavas, they go back to their homes, they 
reveal the truth that they are not dead in fact they have survived and the Kauravas once again they have mixed feelings about it they have to pretend that they are happy that the Pandavas are safe and and they are coming back but on the inside once again the feeling of jealousy and feeling of loss that they are going to lose the kingdom and Pandavas might want to claim their right on the kingdom that fear comes up once again so this story is about that tussle between these two families and eventually that turns into a war the war of Mahabharata in which the story of the philosophy of Gita also comes out when Krishna lectures Arjuna so that part will also come at some point but right now here we are Pandavas are back in their kingdom they are governing a small very small part of the kingdom Hastinapur and the place that they were governing is Indraprastha. Indraprastha is, as you would know, it's the it's the ancient name for Delhi. So they were there and uh, life was going on. Kauravas was still plotting what to do with them, how to get rid of these Pandavas. Pandavas were also thinking how to claim their their ownership over the kingdom so that's where we are and what happens next we'll find out in the next episode thank you